Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector MotoGP podcast, your home for everything MotoGP 2 and 3. Yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, we've been around. Um, I think we were going to try and get more in for the in the summer break, but of course, you know, we had our own summer break, it turns out, because life gets busy. But anyway, yeah, if you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter, then of course, at Red Sector MotoGP. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Wilson. You can follow me at Red Sector Josh. And of course, we have my co-host, co-host the Walking Talking Encyclopedia of all things MotoGP, which is Bono. You can follow him at BonoGP on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the Discord if you have not already joined. But less about us. Uh, we've been gone a while, but I think we've got quite a, a good um, return for you because we have our very own Moto3 rider, Josh Watley. How are we doing, Josh? Good mate, you guys, you good? Yes, very good. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. I think we were meant to have you on December, January time, but obviously, <laughs> it just never ended up happening. Uh, we managed no. to we managed to um squeeze Scott on, but no. yeah. But yeah. anyway, it's um, it's finally happened. We finally got you on. I mean, we've we haven't left much time to it because it's Silverstone as as. Uh, at the point of recording, it's Silverstone next weekend, so yep. yeah, we've we, we've we've got a little bit of time to play with, but we've left it a little late. But I think you probably all will agree that you know we've 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 made up for the lack of content with with quite a good guest. So yeah, Josh, how was your um how was your summer break been? Yeah, um, really good. Um, I did literally nothing the first week. I just needed a bit of a break, a little time to relax, and then. Went back out to Spain, riding, training, and yeah, we're really looking forward to Silverstone next weekend. And how have you found this year then, Josh? Just just to touch base without going too in-depth with it, start with, you know, for people listening, uh, they, a lot of them will have only just seen you for this this year um, mm-hmm. as a rookie. How's how's that been treating you? Um, not the greatest at the moment. Um, it's, been, it's been quite a difficult road. Um, been but we've learned we've learned so much i've learned so much personally the these the last rounds before the break um but i feel like we've made a, a really big step like at Qatar was like three seconds off and now every weekend we're 1.5 one second off so yeah we're making we're making big steps and i'm hoping i can improve more in the second half of the season yeah i remember um going back to Qatar again you got course your first your first race in motor three i think the interview we had with BT, there was a mention of of your engines not being up to scratch um, for that particular race because yeah, I think, of course, it's quite straight heavy in Qatar and the, you had a bit of a, a deficit there. But you know, overall, it was a I'd say it was a good first race for you. Um, frustrating, I can imagine, but I guess how how did it how did it feel actually kind of go into that first race? Would you say that was the the kind of the quite a big um, quite a big shock, you know, reality wise? Yeah, definitely. Because um, when you stay in uh, the junior championship and you're doing the same times as Grand Prix, you think, oh, I'm going to go Grand Prix and do the exact same thing, and <laughs> that's not the story at all. But um, yeah, um, the most the most surreal thing was on the grid with like riders I've been watching since I first started racing, and um, yeah, it was. It was, it was a bit difficult to stay focused just because there were so many things going on because it was just, it was, it was all new. Like, it, it, was, it was crazy. 
Well, obviously, just touching base on Qatar, I remember watching that race and looking back, you know, Scott crashed out, unfortunately, but yourself, you managed to finish the race, which must have been, like Josh said, very frustrating, but at the same time, to go a full race distance in Grand Prix distance, which is obviously different to when you're in the junior categories, and on a Grand Prix bike, and, you know, with all things changing, with a new team, new environment, new circuit, I assume you've never been to Qatar before, that must have been good to come away from and look at, you know, what you can improve on having gone the half season now. I look at races for yourself at like Assen, especially Saxon Ring. I know you had to retire from Saxon Ring. I think it was because of injury. But your pace at Saxon Ring was the best I think I've seen it. And I look back at Qatar and think you've learned a hell of a lot to bridge that gap from what, eight, nine rounds. Yeah, definitely. Um that- Satsun ring was was a was a good round for us because it's it's quite a small track, so it doesn't like um it doesn't affect the bike it doesn't matter on bike speed so, bike speed so much sorry, but um the problem at the moment is really with the bike um we've realised that I'm like five kilos heavier than most riders um that's that's just down to genetics really I'm I'm eating literally nothing I'm on diets everything training a lot just to get my weight down. But um, yeah, hopefully when when the weight does get down, the bike will be quicker, and on bigger tracks we can we can be a lot closer. Well, I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves too much, but of course, someone with more weight, someone maybe as well who who can get taller and things like that. We see with marining stuff, it, it benefits them on a bigger bike. So you know, Moto Two, Moto GP, you probably would be more suited to that. We you see it a lot with people who are. And more suited to different types of bikes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just only, just only got into the paddock, and I'm still yeah, only yeah. 16, so we've got we've got a lot of time. But I feel like we can, I can get the weight down. So when when the weight is down, then um, I, f- I believe that the results will be there. And in terms of being in the paddock this year with what is a new team, how have you found gelling with people like you know Mackenzie? and Laverty and whatnot and you know just the team in general I know they're the two well-known names and in terms of like the hierarchy of the team but like how have you gelled with your team I know it's easy to say you know we've all been together we've all been you know but obviously you've spoken on your start of the season being a little bit harder coming into Grand Prix and being a bit of a reality shock but how important has it been and how good or bad has it been gelling with that team um for me it's as as like as the people in the team and the support I I get from them, it's definitely the best I've ever been in. Because um, the stuff I've been struggling with, like with with pace now and seeing Scott going quicker than I am, and etc. Like my side of the garage, they're they're so supportive, and especially with Taylor, everyone, Michael. If like if we if we have a bad day, it's never it's never negative. They're just always trying to make me to make me look at the positives. So um, for me, they're they're great people for me in the team. They they helped me so much. I felt like I feel like if I was in a different team, maybe it would have been I would have been in a lot worse place with um like mentally. But yeah, the help the team the team's help have re- has really just changed 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 my headset around and made me a lot more motivated. Um, yeah, obviously it is probably frustrating seeing Scott sometimes maybe uh, be quicker on a on a on a weekend than you are. But is there any positives that uh, that can be taken from that in, in you know with like uh, data and things like that is there any kind of c- crossover or is there anything that can be 
across to your side of the the um the garage that helps out because i guess if yeah. you're both if you're both like way off the pace at the back it'd be quite difficult to then have something to go off yeah definitely um it's it's, it's always better to have someone faster than you because you can learn something from them definitely although a lot i don't particularly like scott being faster than me but um at the moment um yeah i'm i'm learning he's two years older than me so um i've got a li- i've got time on my side so it doesn't really affect me that much like him being quicker but it, it does it does help a lot him being quicker just as in whatever whatever he's doing i i get to learn i get to learn from it yeah i, I think, think that's we all a good forget perspective. you're 16 i was yeah. going to say it's a good perspective to have when you know you said it at the beginning you're like i'm still 16 that's to me that's that's mad but i remember being yeah. 16 and kids going through at 16 and being like they're my age you know it's so young and obviously the barrier is 16 so you're you're like i think you are the youngest full-time rider in the paddock i might be wrong but if you're not munoz obviously munoz now yeah but i mean before munoz Uh, before yeah yeah Yeah, i think so still i mean not to be like oh munoz is the youngest now you've got no excuse but Scott being two years older, Scott's got a couple more years experience than you have. And, mm. you know, Scott was in CEV for a lot longer than you were. So, you know. No, I, me, I, and, me, and, me and Scott were in CEV the same. Oh, were same you? Time. I thought, I thought yeah. you did a year, a year less than Scott. No. Um, I In 2019, I was in European Talent Cup. And then the last three races, I took my BSB bike and raced the last, ah, I think right. it was two or three races in him. And he did the last two, I think, with British Talent Team. Got you. Yeah, because yeah, I know he did, he did British talent team with um, Max Cook for a year as well, didn't he, I think? Was it a year or was um, it just a test? I can't remember. But I know he was with Max Cook. Yeah. Um, um, what year did, did Max leave him? I'm not sure. But he did. He, Scott did do the last few reigns with, with, with talent team in 2019. And I did, I, I did the same with KRP. Right. Well, that's, that's my bad then. I thought I thought Scott was a year a year more with the uh, with CEV, but I mean, still, I look, I look at what Scott, Scott was with the Aspar team, who were a very decorated team in terms of all the way through juniors to even Moto three, Moto two, and you know, you at sixteen years old, you're going to come away from this year, even this this half season that you've done, you've finished a lot of races for a rookie, and like you've said you, yourself, you have bridged what. Three seconds a lap, I think it was at Qatar, three and a half. And at Saxon Ring, I believe in like Q1 or not even Q1, it might have been FB3. I think you were like 1.1, 1. 1, 1. something like that off. And yeah, it's a small track, but that still doesn't, you know, it's not a freebie to say you're going to be as quick or that that close. That's a big gap to bridge, isn't yeah, it? So, you know, credit to you. I think you've done really well. And I'm not, I'm not <clears> genuinely <throat> just saying that because, you know, we've got you on or whatever, you know, there is a, a clear progression in your riding this year. Mm. And from a from a British point of view, it was quite easy to see you after Qatar. You know, you, you did look a little bit bit down and a bit beaten up as though to think, you know, the confidence isn't quite there. But it's good to hear you speak highly of your team and the support that you have to look at it now and look at the positives of it. Because, you know, you don't speak negatively of Qatar now. You look at it as a lesson, not, you know, a negative. Yeah, definitely. At the time, I definitely, definitely was taking a lot of negatives from it. But um, yeah, um, what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I think. And um, yeah, um, those difficult rounds have definitely helped me progress to to the ride I'm coming at the moment. Yeah, I think consistency is key <clears throat> with how many races you've managed to finish. You know, all that data is 
just it's so helpful i can imagine of course it's a we, we are in an era of where it's data driven where you, you can get so much from data and if, if you're crashing out every other race or racing race out quite early on especially you're mm-hmm. not going to have much to go off uh, especially no. if say like the season after or anything like that and it's really of course boffins that can analyze it and can pick pick certain things from it the more the more you can finish races just the the better you can become as a rider because the more you have to go off i guess yeah definitely i do think as well on the point of you know your riding and relative relative to like the bike that you're on and the team that you're in and this is you know no disrespect to any team or any any bike in particular but it is very very clear if you look at the data and even on like the timing sheets that come out after every session the slowest honda on the grid is division tracks honda which is something that is not down to the team necessarily it's something that you guys have you know openly said you don't know what it is or whether they're like worn engines or anything you know it's kind of like a guessing game at the beginning of the season and again relevant to scott you can look at that and say well even though we have got the engines that we've got with the, the top speed deficit at places like Mugello and places like qatar you kind of take that with a pinch of salt surely having you know looking at it's clear you look at the leopard over the years it's always been that that honda that's been flying down the streets and to look at your guys top speed and be like we're the slowest honda must be a little bit of a you know a bit of a kick in the shins almost to think well what are we doing differently and to keep constantly guessing but you know are you, are you do you find like you're you're getting there with top speed in the team? Because obviously that is in Moto three, it's a lot more important than maybe what is Moto two. Yeah, um, oh, we're we're struggling a lot to find out why why the bike is is like that. Um, me, me and Scott, Scott struggles with it. Um, not not as bad as me, but that's 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 my fault. Um, no, not my fault, but I, my my weight isn't the same as Scott's, and obviously the bike's going to be slower. But yeah. All I can do is just get my head down, lose the weight, and do whatever I can on that bike. That's that's it. So what what would you say has been your most enjoyable Grand Prix weekend this season then so far? Definitely either Saturn Ring because um I hadn't been there before and <clears throat> sorry. Um straight away I'd uh, straight away I just loved the track. It was it was really great front fun and um yeah, it was just great atmosphere. The the German fans are incredible. They just come yeah. up to you. They they're really really nice people. Um, also did like Assen was really good for me because it was a track I'd been to a few years ago. But um, yeah, another great track. I really really enjoyed to ride. Um, yeah, the last two or three I've really started to enjoy my riding again. So yeah, they've they've been good rounds for me. They like you. You've started to in, you've improved and you started to enjoy the last few rounds and then we've we've hit like a summer break. Although you've had a bit of time off, you've you're probably still a bit you're probably quite frustrated at that. You're probably raring to go again, especially with it Silverstone coming up. Yeah, I would have loved to keep the ball rolling a little bit, mm. but um yeah, I feel I can oh I haven't done a lot of laps at Silverstone, but um it's nothing new now. Um we've been going to tracks we don't know all the time, so mm. um yeah, hopefully can can enjoy Silverstone like the other rounds and hopefully get a good result at home. And do you feel more pressure at Silverstone or do you thrive off the pressure? I know it's kind of a bit of a cheesy question, but some people like riding at home. Some people, you know, if you if you're like the only 
only Brit or the only, I don't know, if you were Johan Zarco a few years ago and you're the only Frenchman to ride at Le Mans, it's a lot of pressure. Um, do you do you feel a lot of pressure going into Silverstone? Because I assume you'll have a lot of family and friends coming down. Um, I'd love I'd love to say no, it's a stress free weekend, blah blah blah. But um, yeah, there's there's butterflies in my stomach now just thinking about it. But um, yeah, um, first home Grand Prix. I think I think the nerves will probably kick in when I'm on the grid and about to go. Yeah, and have you have you got family coming down? I'm I assume you have. Um, yeah. Um, Mum, dad, pretty much everyone. Everyone's coming down. But um, <clears throat> my family sometimes, like my mum and dad, or my dad and my stepdad always come to the races. But um, my mum and my brother and my sister have come to, I think they've come to like two before they came to Portimao in Barcelona. So yeah, it's just, it's, not, it's nothing different having them there. But um, yeah, I just, it's, wow. it's a little bit nerve wracking as I want to get a good result in front of everyone at home. Yeah, you've got the pressure of the, the British fans and I think you mentioned before about the, the media presence. You'd probably have a lot more media duties in, in Silverstone since it's, you know, your home race. Um, especially maybe BT Sport, I'm guessing, as well. Yeah. Um Taylor actually sent me a, a schedule the other day, which I've I've <laughs> never I've never had. Wow. Um we got a, a pre event, I think, as well, and two wheels two wheels for life and then other stuff throughout the weekend. Yeah, because obviously you've got the Day of Champions. I'm assuming that's what you're referring to with Two Wheels for Life on the Thursday, yeah. which um, I don't know if it it used to take place on the Thursday, but it might take place on the Friday now. But even stuff like that, you know, you can't not have the British riders turn up and um, and represent, I guess. But what, what are your expectations for Silverstone then? Because obviously, are you hoping to break into me? I mean, points would be fantastic, but, you know, relevant to your first half of the season, do you see yourself top 20 points? Um, top 10? <laughs> I'd, I'd love, I'd love to be in the points. Um, I'm always aiming for points because I've had, I think I've had a few top twenties now, and it's getting a bit annoying, especially in, in Aston. I went into the the last chicane 18th, and then Aji and Luca got me on the line, so that was a bit, that was a bit annoying. But um, yeah, I think um, if 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 it gels at the beginning of the weekend, and um, I've I've lost a little bit of weight now, so the bike should be quicker. So I believe that points are on the table for that weekend, definitely. Yeah, you're going to start taking parts of the bike off just to make make mile an hour up. I mean, Silverstone, straight line speed. Cut leg off. Yeah, cut yeah. a leg off. I think you um, get a buzz cut for you. Yeah. There's a bit. Yeah. I mean, Silverstone, in terms of what we've been talking about, is probably maybe that Malaysia, Qatar, you know, in terms of like the tracks, Thailand as well, like straight line speed is going to be massive. On a Moto3 bike, you know, you're, you're probably, I mean, you must be pinned in top gear three or four times, five times around Silverstone. So top speed is going to be a big, big factor. Um, <clears throat> are you Have you heard anything from, I mean, you say you've been speaking to Taylor and whatnot. Have you, have the guys got any closer or any anything else on, on top speed going into Silverstone? Because surely that'll be the main problem that's going to be addressed straight from Friday. Um, we haven't... I know that the boys are always always working to try to find more speed out of the bike. That's literally... That's the main thing. We don't really change setup um, on the weekend. We, don't, we change maybe like minor things. But the main thing we're always looking for all weekend is, is speed out of the bike because that's, that's the main thing that we're losing time on. But um, they've had a they've had a few weeks to 
have a look at the data and check everything. So I'm sure there will be something something new because um, we we changed the bike quite a lot. Um, we've had new parts. Um, we had new exhaust in Barcelona, I believe. Tested out, and it it the bike was quicker. Um, so we, we I feel like a bit like I'm in an F1 team developing <laughs> all the time with the bike. But um, yeah, um, I haven't heard anything 100 percent at the moment, but. I think there should be something a little bit different, yeah. So with um with the the second half of the season about to get under the way, is there any you're particularly looking forward to? Is there any is there any that you well on both sides of the coin? Is there any that you think you could probably performance wise you could do really well at? Uh, or if there's any just places you you haven't visited yet that you really want to visit? Is that is in track you mean? Yeah, tracks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Aragon because I really enjoy riding Aragon. Um, I was quite quick there last year. Um. Uh. What's the other? Japan. I just want to see Japan because you see like everything. It just looks really different, like Tokyo mm. and stuff. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to the travelling straight after Aragon, but it should yeah, be good you'll see there. this now, and then the jet lag will hit when you get to Japan, and, and I just be... won't be bothered. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just want to go to sleep. The yeah. PR will be like, "Come on, let's go out into Tokyo for some, you know, for some photos," and you'll be you'll be on a completely different body clock. But I mean, like we were saying just before we were recording, it's all good experience because if you want to be in this game, that's part of it, isn't it? And you know, there's a lot to see and there's a lot to do. But those flyaways, mm-hmm. we were saying actually on the last podcast, it's almost like you get into the European rounds that everyone kind of feels familiar with, and a lot of the riders like yourself from CEV or CIV have touched on whether it be some of the Italian tracks or Aragon, Valencia, Jerez, Catalonia and whatnot. Um, and then before you know it, you've got three or four flyaways and it just hits you like a bus because they just come, like, obviously being that far out, it's like one after another, after another, after another, after another. And, you know, but off the bike, that's got to be some challenge. I know you've not done it yet, but I mean, that's that's something I, I do tip my hat to the riders and all, all not just the riders, the team, the staff and everybody else because I don't think people realise to, to go that far out and then be setting up and, you know, all, all the the all the extras with it is a hell of a lot. I mean, you must be looking forward to Phillip Island as well, Malaysia, two really good tracks in my opinion. I think they're probably two of the best tracks. Yeah, Phillip Island, Island on a Moto3 good. bike. Yeah, Phillip Island does look amazing. We were... Yeah. Um... Were you a bit, were you secretly happy that we didn't go to Kimi Ring or were you quite gutted? Because obviously that was a that was after, was that meant to be the last one of the first yeah. half of the season? Yeah, that was, was kind the... of a flyaway, I guess. I don't know if you want to count it as a flyaway, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it, it allowed you for an extra week, but I'm not sure with the, with the kind of, you know, with the form you was in, if you would have rather just gone to Kimi Ring or if you was happy with the extra week off. I think Josh um, replaced it with a week in bed. I think that's yeah. probably <laughs> yeah. what Josh's opinion on Kimi Ring is. A week in bed over anything, 100%. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that, Josh. You're supposed to say, yeah, I've been I've been wanting to go to Kimi Ring all year. Legal reasons, that was a yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it would have been good to go to Kimi Ring, to be fair. I mean, obviously, we've been waiting for it for two or three years. It's one of them that... We've sort of been like this year it'll happen this year and this year no COVID and then obviously the reasons it's been taken off the calendars a bit yeah my life but is there any, is there any tracks uh, this is a actually a fan asked a question as well and I'll touch on them a bit more later but whilst we're on the topic of tracks is there any track that 
you like that isn't on the calendar that you'd like to see added? Um, Donington. I wish they replace it with Silverstone. That's, that's my Donington. home track, so I'll I'll definitely take that, Josh. I'll, I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I would love to ride Donington again on a Moto3. Anything about Donington you like? Any particular corner? First sector is incredible. I love the chicane at the back and yeah, it's, I've always had good results in Donington. I've always been quick there. I don't know what it is. It just feels feels easier compared to other tracks. It's just very flowing. It's a rider's track. I think a lot of people describe it as because you know, yeah. as soon as you go through the first corner, you go down Craners and everything. You know, up Schwantz. It's, it's sort of like such a flowing track, but the rider makes such a big difference. And you know, yeah. you've had good results there. Then, well, two had two is four, I guess. But you know, that's yeah. it's quite interesting. You said Donington and not maybe one of the the niche Spanish tracks. I mean, we've got enough Spanish tracks on the calendar as it is, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another one, but you know, Donington is still a good pick. I think what other tracks I would like. Um, Yeah, Donington's the main one. I've been saying it to the boys for ages. They just need to replace (laughs) it. They just need to replace Silverstone. It's more the facilities though, isn't it? It's more the size of, I've, I've had this conversation a few times with a few people and when people say, why is Donington not on it? It's like, if you go to the paddock in Silverstone, you soon realise if you've been to Donington, I know they've extended it since, but even like the old Donington, that's why they don't have it at Donington. It's just, you know, the sheer size of the place is not the facility that Silverstone is. But I mean, in terms of track, it's definitely up there. I mean, a lot of people have kind of hinted at an African GP with Kiel Army in South Africa. Obviously, you're currently sat behind, well, sat in front of a Nigerian flag with your your uh, background in, in Africa, would that be one that you'd definitely be up for doing? I know it's not in Nigeria, like it's completely opposite yeah. side of the continent, but you see what I'm saying. I think marketability-wise in, in MotoGP, it'd be, it'd be yeah. good, wouldn't it, to, to be in another continent? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm all up for new stuff. Definitely. Yeah, it'd be a clean slate for everyone as well. Yeah, exactly. Like Indonesia, like no one was there before. It was a new thing for everyone, and personally, that was one of my favourite rounds. Like on, as in flyaways, just because so different competitors. You don't expect what, what, mm. what, what was there? Like for me, I was expecting completely different. What were you expecting in terms of what? Like um, hotels wise, I was expecting <laughs> a bed. My toilet was outside. Um, ah, right. Like we just went on peds. Like all the whole time, no license. It was just like you just felt a bit free, like you can do what you want type of thing. It was it was really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean that that was a little bit like Magello off circuit when I went this year. That I think even though it's not meant to be, I think they kind of just do the same thing. Right it, on that topic, I think you'll probably be more amazed at like Japan with everything. Everything seems to be really small built in Japan. So you know you're you know you're shredding the weight. You might you might just. Mm-hmm. Be able to score you through everywhere in Japan, like I know you're yeah. quite a broad guy, so What's you might be struggling in Japan. You could like, do that but... um that Mario Kart thing around Tokyo. That'd be pretty cool. Definitely. <laughs> 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 um, do you want to get onto some fan questions whilst I've just hinted at that, Josh? Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, so sure. um I've got five or six. So there's not there's not I didn't want to put like a hell of a lot in just because, you know, there was a few that I thought that's just a bit odd um, <laughs> so starting off um what's it like being in a series um worldwide as opposed to more a national series um and how would you make yourself how would you make a big name for yourself in the sport like how, how do you see yourself moving forward i guess so the change between 
obviously CEV and World Championship. How's the transition been and what's the difference and moving forward? Um, the big the big difference between CEV and, and MotoGP is um, l- way less media. We do literally nothing in, in film, maybe a few, a few bits for the team for their Instagram, but that's about it. Um, there's not as many, not as ma- there's more classes in film, so, um, and also there's an extra day in film, so we get to ride a make day instead of, you know, compared to Grand Prix. Um, just trying to think, I haven't been there for a while, completely, completely forgot. Um, he's a changed man, he's, he's gone to, he's gone to world championships and he's, <laughs> yeah, forgot my know, roots. He's forgot his roots, his origins. <laughs> changed him, fame's um, changed him. Well, I Qualif- guess it's qualifying. Also, um, we have two forty-minute right. qualifiers in FIM, and and well, we, as you know, in Grand Prix we have one fifteen-minute one. And if you're quick enough, you have two. I guess it's the surroundings as well, just the, the environment. Yeah. I mean, less fans. No, yeah, yeah. There as many fans. Um, no P1 parking, nothing like that. <laughs> just park where you want. Yeah. Do you enjoy the fans? Do, you, do I mean, obviously, it's been a in terms of like a step up to go to somewhere like Catalonia where in Spain it's, you know, massive, massive deal and racing at like Jerez in CEV and going to Jerez in World Championship is black and white. Like it's mm-hmm. not similar without, you know, no disrespect to CEV. I mean, you know more than we do. It's black and white. Yeah, do you like the fans there or do you, is that more pressure? Um for me, it makes absolutely no difference. Um, I only see the fans or speeds of fans when when the helmet's off, when the helmet's on. I'm not looking at fans. I'm looking at the apex. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. It makes it makes no really not a big difference to me, as in like pressure wise. But um, I prefer having the fans there. It makes it a lot more of a enjoyable experience for me. And yeah, that's how it is. Fair enough. Um, your short and long term prospects for MotoGP. So short, let's say for the end of the year goal, and long term, let's say three, four years. Um, end of year goal, um, definitely a top ten fighting in the front group. Seems seems a bit far at the moment, but um, I'm going to keep pushing for that to happen. Three, four years, um, Moto two, I'm guessing. Hopefully, um, get a few more, maybe a year or another year or two under my belt in in Moto3 and then make the step up to Moto2. I mean, the beauty of it is you are 16, so you've got so many years to, to play with, really. Um, yeah. You know, it's not like a, a now or never do or die situation. And I know we get the oddities like your, um, your I guess, Munoz's come in and uh, I can't even say his name properly, I never can, or um, Pedro Costa's come in and, and smashed it and then moved up. But, I mean, I guess... For, for like the average, if if you're 16, you have got you have got three or four years probably longer to play with where you can you can develop in in Moto three before you make the step up. Um, and and I I guess you probably forget that yourself. I guess you can think to yourself, I need to start getting results now, or or I'm never going to get them kind of thing. But you know, at that age, you have got so much time to play with. Yeah, definitely, it's quite it's quite easy to forget. I do forget myself. I don't. Look at other riders. Say, oh, he's quicker. He's he's twenty two. Blah blah blah. You just want to be quicker than everyone. It doesn't matter. And probably is mm. probably a bit of a negative being sixteen, just because you know we're not as mature as as everyone else. I just want to be 
quick straight away, a little bit hot headed. You know what I mean? So yeah, well, it's not a bad thing. That shows you've got the the passion and desire to to kind of succeed and and to to perform well. Actually. Yeah. And it also shows you've been brought up in the right way to to look mm. at it like that. And I, I know I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly old myself, like, but to to look at somebody in your position and you speak so highly upon, even like, I know it sounds daft, but even you, you don't look at Scott, who's having a, you know, a better year on the same bike and you, there's no bitterness towards it. You see it as a positive. You take it, you know, on the chin and whatnot. And you 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 see what you can learn from that. That's, for me, to listen to that, just screams positivity and you know it's only going to be a progressive thing looking at it like that as opposed to taking it in a negative way and you know me versus scott because it's i can't imagine it's like that anyway even off the bike or on it no 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 um me me and scott are fine we get on we get on quite well sometimes it gets emotions get high obviously but um that would happen with anyone it's oh, weird, crazy, isn't it? what happens weird. on the track stays on the track for most yeah, exactly. mostly Unless you're Rossi, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the next one is wondering how you got started racing from the very start, and and why really, I suppose. Um, my dad um always always liked bikes. Um, he's I've pretty much grew up in the British Superbike paddock. He started ride. He started sponsoring riders. Um, from when I was like two or three. And um, yeah, one day um, I think it was J- Jake Jake Archer's dad. I think he just thought, oh, one day just get him on a bike, see how it is. Because I was always around them lot. Was just always around bikes and was crazy about it. Then one day got on a bike, and then yeah, rest is history. Because <laughs> you um, and I'll I'll bring it up now. When we had Scott on. Just before having Scott on, when we, you know, we do a little bit of research, touching base on whoever we have on, me and mm-hmm. Josh came across the same video on YouTube of you and Josh racing in the Mini GP Championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've you've seen that on YouTube or ever been back and watched it, but um, it's you and, yeah, <laughs> it's you, you know, for anyone listening, it's Josh and Scott racing for well, it's whoever beats the other one. Mm-hmm wins yeah. the um the mini gp championship and unfortunately for josh scott did come out on top but even then you at your age are so good to what i mean you you, it was just, it was you two broke bike. away yeah 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 and um i think even the commentator touched on it and as soon as you crossed the line you turned around and like congratulated scott and whatnot so even from like a young age you've always had you know you you've you're well-mannered and very respectful towards people you're racing with but yeah it's kind of mad to look at that and it's you know I suppose it's a it's, it's good for you, your parents, your family, friends, and same for Scott that you two have both been fighting at the front in those championships, and now you've come through and you're both in the same team. And hopefully, hopefully going forward, you can move towards that being the same prospect in Moto Three. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought I'd touch on that because uh, it's always a good watch. To be fair, even though yeah, I mean the commentator. I'm sure it meant a lot at the time to everybody involved, but the commentator makes it seem like it's GP World Championship. Like, yeah, he, he's he's going for it. So he yeah. was he was selling it for views. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I, I think it's quite poetic how you've ended up in the same team. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know if the the odds were ever high on that, but you've ended up in the same team, and it it is quite a good backstory in case you have any kind of tussles in the future, whether that be for for 
points or podiums or even race wins championships. It's always something to look back on. Yeah, they could make a good film about it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> they've got enough material there, so definitely. Yeah. He's thinking long-term already. You just know he's, he's media-trained well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the most memorable moment of your career? So it doesn't have to be race-specific or result, but just moment, I suppose. Was it getting signed to the World Championship or...? There's, there's, yeah, definitely getting signed to the World Championship, but um, one of them, one of them's when I won my first British Championship. Definitely, like um, I never used to think like anyone could cry of happiness, and that day I cried like a little baby. Um, <laughs> I was only like I think I was nine or ten, and I'd won the British Fifty Championship, and then like I think it was the re- the day before or the day after I won the British mini bike championship as well and like won two championships on the weekend and just just felt like the man basically because I, I, only started, I didn't I only started riding like two or three years before that so yeah it was yeah it was definitely first championship was one of the most memorable moments I bet you felt like Barry Sheen that day I've been walking around <laughs> thinking yeah around Landau on a cart track felt like the champ <laughs> <laughs> um on that where with the um get inside the world championship how did that go down because i know everybody well uk base will know that was sort of like not last minute but if it was not last minute it's close to last minute in terms of it being put together but um we heard from scott on how that went down for him but how did it go down for you did you get a call directly from michael or was it kind of dripped down and hearing rumors or was it like i say was it pretty direct um i think it was just before it was like two weeks before Mazzano. Um I heard some some rumours floating about from not even from it came from Joel actually. Joel was like, Oh, you're going Grand Prix next year, and I was like, sorry. <laughs> he was like, Oh yeah, I've heard you're going Grand Prix. I was like, nah, nah. Because my original plan was to stay in FIM in, in Junior World with MTA and Red Bull and try and do Red Bull rookies. But um like two weeks before my stepdad actually sorted sorted the whole ride out. Um he was speaking to Michael a lot. Um and like two, like I think it was like a week and a half, two weeks before, he was like, oh, "Do you want to go Grand Prix?" And I was like, "I'll have to think about it." Um, Acting all casual. And then at Mazzano, yeah, it all happened in a blink of an eye. Really, um, went to Mazzano and then spoke to Michael, got everything sorted, and I signed um signed not a contract, what you call it, um, like a little an agreement thing just not not the actual contract but it was like an agreement that i was definitely doing it that weekend so yeah it all it all happened so quick and was the reason that you sort of thought about it was it funding at all because i mean obviously it works very different in different teams and you know we know that spanish teams kind of subsidize and whatnot and there's a lot of funding coming from different places was that the reason that it was sort of delayed or have you not had any issues with that with sponsors or anything or no, no, um, it was, it was more like I was trying to think what was was best for me because um, I'd only just started getting decent results in in Moto Three and in Fim because with, with with MTA, and then also also because our plan was for the next year with MTA was to go win Junior Championship and do Red Bull Rookies, and then that ride came along and it was just it was like it was like do I do do I stay in Junior Championship try and do good and do good in that or do i go world championship because you might not get the opportunity again do you know what i mean mm, so yeah. i guess it was that toss-up between thinking running before you can walk and maybe 
I guess, did that rule have any bearing? The fact that it went from 16 to 18 for Moto 3 entries? Um, um, I think I signed before that. They did, brought... I, I don't know when the rule came in. Did it come in last oh, season? I think it the did. Rule came in, I think, like three weeks before my first test. Oh, and really? I saw, it, I saw it on the internet and I literally just started calling everyone. I was like, no, I've lost my right. I've lost my right. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's from the next year on or something or like if you've already signed or you're going it's, yeah. it's fine yeah I mean in terms of you just touched on um, Joel Kelso there is there anybody that you get on with in the paddock that you look to as well as Scott because obviously I know I do see on your Instagram that you knock about with um, Joel Kelso a lot don't you Zonta I think as well yeah Zonta I've known Zonta since what, 20 yeah 2018 um, when he did his first European Talent Cup race. Now he's dating my sister. Um, <laughs> Bit of a smug look there, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's, I'd prefer, out of anyone I know, I'd definitely prefer him. He's a great lad's honour. Um, I've known Joel since I was oh, seven. He came over to Fab Racing to do a wild card. And then, yeah, we've sort of just started meeting up together like last year in FIM, started getting close. Um Ricky Rossi a little bit, see sometimes out of races. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'll get on with most people, really. Yeah, well, it's good. It's good to have you know familiar faces in the paddock than when you just jump from you know a national championship to a world championship. It's a big step, I suppose. It's nice to just touch touch base with a few people that you're actually familiar with, and that you've you know with Joel Kelso. I mean, he's Australian, but like you say, he's he's been in Europe since he was really really young. So yeah, definitely. Um, how do you prepare for a race? Are you dead silence? Are you, you know, are you a music man? If you are, what kind of music or anything? Um, so basically in our, in our truck, we have two, two rooms at mine and Scott. Mine's like, I have to go through the back and my room's there and Scott's like next to the office, but there's like a little thin wall. <laughs> Sometimes I feel bad for Scott cause I've got a big speaker and I put it to max. And he doesn't really like listening to music before sessions and stuff, so I feel a little bit bad for him. But yeah, I just blast music pretty much as loud as I can, warm up. And so what you're trying to say is you don't feel that bad for him because you keep doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to change it, but I feel I have a little. I just feel a little bit bad for him. Yeah. Well, you've lost your AirPods, so it's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. Something tells me it's not Scott. That stuck them because I think if if he had, I think he'd be giving you them straight back. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think so as well. <laughs> I think Scott might be buying you a pair of nice headphones for, yeah. for Secret Santa. To be honest, yeah, maybe if you give him a toe for Q to get into Q two or to you know go further on in Q two. If you're both in Q two, I think he'll probably buy you some uh, some AirPods. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, two more. We've got. Um, what would be your advice to younger riders that are beginning or you know just getting into racing? What would you give as a bit of advice? Maybe something that's not regularly said i was literally about to say something that's said all the time yeah um, <laughs> basically just literally the main thing is just enjoy it because you're not going to go quick if you're not enjoying it said it's said all the time but for me it's that's the most important thing if you're not enjoying it then it's not worth the risk really um make sure Make sure, like, who you take advice off is definitely the right person to take advice off because um, I've definitely made mistakes in my career, taking advice off the wrong people. And luckily, luckily I'm in a position now where it's, it's worked out. But um, there's definitely there's definitely a few snakes around. 
But um, yeah, just just enjoy it, have fun, and then you'll you'll definitely go far. Yeah, and um, that kind of links into the last question. And if you could, you know, if you could go back at any point in your career, maybe five, ten years, and change anything, would you, or would you keep it the same? Uh, for me, I'm I'm not sure. Um, it's it's quite easy to say oh, I could change this, change that, but um, maybe I wouldn't be, maybe I wouldn't be as quick as I am now because in my career. I've always thrown myself in the deep end, like within BSB. I've gone, I've, I was a lot younger than everyone on the Moto Freeze, went straight in, started off like I am sort of like now in the World Championship. I was like fifth in BSB, like a few seconds off, like uh, overall time in the race, like from Brandon, etc. And then at the end, I almost won the championship. So, yeah, um, I don't, I'm not sure. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a lot. It's, um, it's been good so far. Maybe I'm sure if you have an interview with me in a few years, I'll definitely have something to say. But yeah, at the moment now, it's been it's been it's been a good journey. That's it. That's it in terms of uh, fan questions. Fan questions. Back to our questions. I, guess. I want to find um, out what the odd ones are. Um, I don't have them on me. I do. I can. I can find them for you. Maybe I tell you what. How about this? If you come on again, yeah, I'll yeah. get the odd ones for you the next time. All right, sweet. <laughs> I'm just really intrigued now. <laughs> I genuinely don't know what they are off the top of my head. I'd have to go and find them, like because they're they're spread across Discord, uh, different Discord servers, and Twitter and whatnot. So I'll um I'll stick that one in in a not in a contract as you call it, but in, in an agreement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so have you got any? Uh, have you got any? Oh, what was going to say? Who do you want to win the MotoGP Championship? Let's go with that one. Wow, Pecco. You want Pecco to win? Oh, definitely Pecco. Oh, yeah, he's a bit of a controversial one at the moment, but um, yeah, he's just he's been like when he's like when he's at the front, he just looks unbeatable, and he's just had zero luck, like 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 Fabio a few years ago, really. Um, mm. has has the pace, but just doesn't have the luck there. So yeah, I'd like to see Pecco win it, but um, like 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 last year, Mazzano win it. Or when I felt so bad for him, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely Pecco. Do you um do you get a lot of interaction with him in the paddock? Because I, I guess you kind of you're in you're in the paddock with him, but whether you actually see him often or not, or, or interact with him often is is another yeah. question. Yeah, see him all the time. Um, see him literally all the rides all the time when I'm going toilet or going to get my helmet or something like that. And I think I think Pecco's the only one that actually like says hello about out of. Oh, really. Most of them, yeah. He's That's why all his gives away. No, 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 no. <laughs> Promise. So would you would you class him as maybe you 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 ride a lot with the current current batch of of riders? Obviously, if you if you class in all MotoGP riders, and there'll be some pretty obvious ones, but you know the current stock that we have now. Um, I wouldn't say idle. No. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who really is my idol in MotoGP. Um, I'd say I have idols that used to race in MotoGP, but like at the moment I don't. Who are they? Definitely Barry Sheen. Um, Danny Kent as well. First Brit to win World Championship since um, since Barry Sheen. Just um, I'm more look 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 um as people for like that have come from the same sort of roots I have. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
yeah, either definitely British riders like Cal Crutchlow, stuff like that. Big one for me was also James Ellison because my dad used to sponsor him and he's helped me out quite a lot in my career. So, I mean, it's not a name that I would have expected to come up, but it's a good name. You know, James Ellison, yeah, yeah. I mean, bloody hell, he's, he's, he's done the rounds, but he's not exactly doing the rounds for the sake of it. The guy's quick as hell. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a good name to pop into the... Uh, into the list i'm sure i'd appreciate that being up there with the likes of barry sheen so yeah um yeah no that, that's I, I can respect that answer to be fair because it's easy to say you know rossi marquez and all the 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 absolute greats but it's it's yeah. good to have people to look at that have gone through the similar route that you have or you know i mean i, I think it kind of we do bang on about it a lot in terms of the British media do bang bang on about it a lot with, you know, not having the opportunity that the Spanish and Italian riders do have, but it is true. And it's, I mean, what an opportunity on, on a, on another topic with Michael, you know, creating this for me, this, this is, if it goes well, which is looking like it goes well. And I trust somebody like Michael Laverty to make it, make sure it does go well. What an opportunity it is. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better, scenario you've got a british team michael laverty at the at the helm of it you know mckenzie team manager i mean he, he must be he must be quite a laugh to have around yeah definitely yeah, he definitely makes the the racing uh, he's um he's a really good team manager but he's it's just sorry about it he doesn't like he, when he tries to act serious you can't take him to, <laughs> i was just about to touch on that because it, it's almost like i look at him on all fronts, and I'm like, how could I look at him knowing he's my boss? I just end up laughing, or you know, I just yeah. end up not taking him too serious. It's almost like it looks like he's winging it all the time. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, he's not, but it looks like no, no, he is. No. I I did think that the first few rounds, but um, <laughs> no, he's he's he is actually genuinely really good at his job, and he has his his main focus is mine and Scott's interest. So yeah, he's 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 a really good team manager. Which is obviously good. I mean, I know a lot of team managers are ex-riders, but in terms of ex-riders, he's, I mean, he's months ago, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And got a lot of experience, won a lot of races, won championships. So um, it must be nice to have somebody like that as well, British, that you can, there's no, there's not a language barrier. There's not a, a cultural barrier. There's not a background barrier that you can't quite get across how you feel. And if yeah. his interests are your, you know, his best interests are what you and Scott need and want, then you know, as long as the team are willing to abide by that and go with it and do the best they can, then I suppose that's it. it must be comforting. I know, jokes aside, Taylor's a really funny and easygoing guy. What seems, but it, it must be nice to have that. Yeah, definitely. Is it's not like he just looks out only for me and Scott. He just he has everyone's in like best interests at heart. That's all he he just has to make sure that everyone's happy, everyone's everyone's fine, and but but the job's still getting done. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. <laughs> And for me, he's one of the best team managers that I've I've had at doing that. Because I've had team managers that have been really good at their job, but I wouldn't like to speak to them for more than five like, minutes. You know what I mean? Well, welfare and things like that, he's good. Yeah. In some ways, yeah. you just go chat to. Yeah, definitely. Any point. Yeah, that's what you want. Seems like we've got a really good base, at, like base moving forward for you know, young British talent for, you know, inevitably a new and Scott move on to passages new. Um Hopefully, Vision Track will still be there for for more coming through. You know, Eddie O'Shea and and people of like that. You know, we'll have we'll have a base because it's what we've been missing as a country. Yeah, definitely. You know, British in MotoGP. I mean, it's nearly it's coming up to fifty years since Barry Sheen won it. So, like the big yeah. one, anyway. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, we haven't. I for me, this is like this. Just start. We're actually starting to get a lot of British talent coming through. Wow. Um, before it was only, well, we the only riders that got out to Spain were either like got out to Spain, got with a not a great team, but got some decent results, and then got up to to, to bigger teams. But um, now we've got a platform that mm. is sort of accessible to a lot more people, and everyone can progress a lot easier. Yeah, I think Garner's pushing for it as well because it. You see the atmosphere at Silverstone's incredible. Um, you know, of course we have British riders in MotoGP. We don't have any this year. Um, Moto Two, of course, uh, we've got Jake Dixon and um, Sam Lowe's, and we've got is it Rory Skinner? Is he doing? Yeah, yeah, he's a, doing a couple of wildcat. Yeah, and they'll they'll get rounds of applause going round. Um, I remember Jake Dixon. Of course, I was at Silverstone last year. And I remember Jake Dixon. Honestly. I think because he he did a he did a a wild card in MotoGP, didn't he? Um, yeah. And it was like a a Mexican wave of applause every time he went round. Like everyone was just cheering him, even yeah. though he was at the back. Even though he was kind of hanging hanging out at the back, everyone mm-hmm. still like giving him applause. And I think it'll be the same for you and and Scott. No pressure, but it'll be the same for you and Scott in Moto Three as well, and obviously John McPhee. The yeah. the applause and and the kind of the support you're going to get going to Silverstone. Because it it just it shows how much we are we are wanted and needed like a you know like a, a British rider yeah to be successful in in the sport and I think Donna obviously know that and I think they're they're pushing for more young talent to come through so yeah, yeah it's that's... exciting times ahead yeah definitely like like Casey O'Gorman and Eddie both doing really good jobs at the moment in FIM and European Talent Cup and Dawn Donna and Michael are all pushing that so. Yeah, definitely future's bright. Is there any other names that you... I mean, you've just touched on Eddie O'Shea there and a couple of others. Is there any any other British riders or even, I mean, relevant, I guess, but the likes of Joel Kelso that come across? You might know his name. I, I mentioned him on the last podcast. He's a Australian guy. I think he rides for Aspar, I want to say. I'm not sure. He broke his leg, Jacob I think. It might, yeah, it might be him. Harrison Voigt. Say again? Harrison Voigt. Him. Harrison. Yeah. I've seen, you know, riders like that. I don't think people realise, and I mean, I, I I only hear through other riders' experience in the UK or Australia, the amount of money it costs to even jump that ship, to, to even try, let alone make it in a world yeah. championship or even a Spanish championship, a lot. Now. Yeah, cool. You know, you obviously know through your experience how big of a gap that is. Was there any point that you thought, you know, not necessarily it's not working out, but obviously that there are big financial bridges to gap. Was yeah. there any point that you thought it's going to be easier and probably a better option to go back to the UK and race in BSB or anything like that? I mean, I will put this out here right now. I'm really, really glad that you're in World Championship. I, I want as many British riders to have that chance. But as you know, that's not always the case and not everyone gets the chance. So was that ever an option for you? Um no, not really. Um I used to be quite I used to be quite stubborn, like I, I was my main goal was only to get to MotoGP and I used to tell my dad stupid stuff like if, if I have to go back to BSP I'm not riding anymore, blah 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 blah. <laughs> but um, goals high then. Yeah, definitely. Um there's no the, for me there's no point there's no point riding 
and like training every day, doing everything I'm doing just to just not be where exactly where I want to be. Um, yeah, the, the sacrifices you make and the the risks you run. Yeah, definitely. You know, why dream, not aim for the top? Yeah, exactly. My dream's always been into MotoGP. Same, I think, same for every other rider. Um, luckily, I'm I'm here now. Um, but yeah, I've never had that. Like, oh, we're going to go back to BSB. Or I actually started in Spain, like from Cool Fab, and then went to BSB as extra track time, and then went back to Spain after. So I was just, I, I, when I was in BSB, it was just more like a, it was to get myself prepared for for Junior World Championship, really. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I touch on it is is mostly because there's probably hundreds and hundreds of cases where the sacrifice is there just as much. It's just not financially doable or mm-hmm. might not, it might logistically break down. You know, there's a lot of things that people probably don't see that go into it that it's not just as, as simple as I want to race there next year. I go to yeah. a guy, I'm racing there next year. You know, there's there's a hell of a lot more that goes into it. I mean, we, are you living out on your own? Are you living with parents in Spain or...? Um, when I'm, I was living in Madrid before with my my coach. He was well, my ex coach now. Um, you know Sergio Gadea. Yep. In one two I was living with him in Madrid. Um, I've started coming home a bit more now, and I'm planning to get um my own apartment out in Granollers, just near Barcelona. Um, and normally oh, I, was, I, feel sorry, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, I know hard life. Um, just just only just to get training because in UK we have nothing compared to spain like every day in spain you can go out ride a bike here we don't we don't have that type of things and at the level me and scott are at now look if you see me and scott are in spain quite a lot we yeah. we have to be otherwise we're not going to be on our game because everyone is that's what everyone's doing everyone's riding every day everyone's training scott said the exact same i i, I remember it clear as day scott saying that there's no point in him going back to the uk because it's not like in Spain where you can just say, right, we'll put the bike in the van, we'll go to that track and we'll ride. In the UK, it's like this hurdle, this hurdle, this hurdle. It's, yeah, yes. it, 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 you know, the weather as well. I mean, people say, oh, yeah, it's warmer, but for training, it's it must be night and day in terms of how not just nicer it is, but it's it's it makes more sense to train in weather that you're more likely to ride in than you are, yeah. you know, training around in. Whereabouts in the UK are you from? Are you from Evesham? I'm from, I'm from like close to London, but yeah, at the moment I moved to Evesham when I was like ten, with with my mum, and then my dad lives in Streatham, just okay. in South London. Right, but yeah, I mean, you tell me, Josh, London, Spain, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know which one I'm picking there. Yeah. So I mean, that, from just quickly, you know, you mentioned Sergio Godea. Did, did what did you take from that? Because obviously, that must have been really informative. I, I assume a, a good, a good spell learning from Sergio because obviously he's done the rounds in one, two, five, and won a lot of races in World Championship. Um, yeah, the first the first time I worked with Sergio was um, second round of FIM last year. Um, my old my old manager introduced me to him. Started training with him the first few days I started training with him actually I went from like I went two seconds quicker and broke a supermoto lap record with him just from what he was teaching me and in Port- Portugal first race I was like 23rd and then as soon as we went to Valencia with him and he's got a bit he specializes in Valencia a bit he's because he's he's from there and he's done was he did a 38 
three or something on a one two five, which which is would like put him like top five, top ten in Moto three now, which is crazy. And then that weekend I went yeah, so Portugal I was like twenty third, and then first weekend I went with him, I finished tenth or something like that. Yeah, straight just chained like complete like something clicked straight away. What and is your um? What is your moving on from? I kind of tying in with that. What what's your training regime then? What's your kind of usual routine? Because you do a lot of um, supercross, don't you? A lot of, a lot of motocross as well. Or is that just more a bit of fun than like a training? Um, it doesn't. I don't. It's not really like a schedule. We normally like we if we well, so I normally have like a Sunday off. Just have a Sunday off, and then I'm full on for the rest of the week. But um, it's not like on Sunday we say, oh, we're doing this day, this that, this day, blah blah. We um, it, we just see what's open because it like sometimes tracks are open, sometimes they're not. So it just depends which track um I want to go to. Like Rocco's, it's not Rocco's Ranch. It's not always open. You have to sometimes like three days before they'll 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 say the hours that they're open for flat track or something like that and then we'll go oh, okay we'll we'll go do flat track do you know what i mean but most of the time it's just riding supermoto on kart tracks yeah rockers looks like a great facility i mean obviously i've never been but it looks looks like a great little flat track place yeah it's great um it's got the motocross track around it's got like i think it's got three motocross tracks mm. and that that flat track as well yeah so um you definitely need to go there. It's, it's some. It's some. It's 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 up there with Colin Edwards for me. Like the way they've set it up as well. Like the Texas boot campus. I've been there as well. But um, oh, have you? Yeah, Rocco's is like Rocco's is like the European version. I'd say definitely. And are you looking to tick off the uh, the Rossi's Ranch? Is that one that you want to do in the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> saw um, I saw like some of the Moto Three riders did it last year. Um. And I was gutted though I, I, I didn't go. Um, I, my flat track bike weren't ready, but um, I'm I'm gonna try and make a few phone calls and hopefully I can do it next year. Yeah, no, I think I think that's like the facility there looks absolutely incredible. I mean, I've 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 been up on the hillside, not been down to the actual track, but even from like a distance, it's unbelievable. And yeah, it does Rocco's, look nice. Yeah, yeah, Rock, Rocco's as well looks. Even I mean, every rider I think probably. Yeah, I'd say I'd put a good amount of money on that every single rider, Spanish rider especially, has been to Rocco's probably about five times a year. Yeah, um, definitely. So you, you must bump bump into a lot of people there. Is there any particular type of training that you're not really allowed to do? I mean, we've just seen, I know it's sort of freak accidents, I think, with John, with John McPhee. Um, I think he did it in Supermoto, I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, are you... What are the team like with motocross? Because I know people can be very 50-50 with motocross. It's like, a, you know, how brutal it is. It's not exactly a lenient sport, is it? You know, if you go down on motocross, it's, you know, you're talking broken bones a lot of the time. Yeah. So is, is, it a, is it a no-go from the team or are you allowed? Um, I'm allowed to do, um, like, with training what I want, really. But I tend to stay away from motocross in-season just yeah. because. I don't have the same feeling as I do like on, on tarmac obviously and all I want to do is go quick but I just don't have the talent per se to go quick at motocross at the moment without crashing my brains out so I tend to stay away from motocross but um, flat track's the same um, it's, I'd say flat track's sort of the same like risk as um, as motocross just because if you, like, if you have a little stupid crash 
with flat track you can because you just you don't slide you just stop straight away mm. um yeah but i i i tend to do um flat track because i've been riding flat track for quite a bit and i know my limits for flat track but riding motocross in, in season is definitely not a, it's a no-go for me and you've seen it in the past when people have done it's not a lot of people have got injuries in season from riding motocross yeah yeah so more motocross off season then is if you were to do it you yeah do it then. Yeah, like make, in the season, we'll do, do a lot of it, a lot of it just for fitness because it's it's great for fitness. But one little stupid crash can mm. can end the season. Do you know what I mean? Um, due to your age as well, is there any limitations on what you can do CC wise, or or is it if if you're on a track, can you can you go to anything? In Spain, you can do what you want. Oh, really? Yeah, in England, um, I think. Now I'm 16, I'm only just able to do track days. Yeah, um, and a 50cc yeah. moped on the road. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in, in the UK, there's actually, um, I don't know if it applies to all tracks, but I know at Donington, at track days, there's a decibel limiter. Like you, you, oh, you yeah, only, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. only have a certain decibel like on any bike, it doesn't matter what CC it is. And I can't imagine that being a thing in Spain and definitely not in Italy, but yeah. No, 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 Spain... I've seen like thirteen-year-olds just have a go on a thousand just for fun at Cartagena. You can <laughs> you can do what you want, really. Wow, that's yeah. nuts, um, isn't it? Because we're, we're all Brits, we could definitely say how nuts that is. You say that to somebody from Spain, it's like, well, what's the problem? But yeah, if you live in the UK, that's just absolutely like. Well, that's why that's that's why it's probably partly why they dominate yeah. GP because well, they have yeah. that mentality. But yeah. it, when you. When you are legally, sounds mad when I say this, but when you are legally allowed to ride on the road, a big bike, um, do you have any in mind? Is there anything you're going to go for, do you think? I'm definitely not getting a bike on the road. No? No, my dad told me. He said it will break my legs before I do it, just because it's not necessarily me. It's like if a car just... The other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah to be fair, I mean, in the UK, I mean, I don't know about Spain, but the UK, the road's terrible. Absolutely shocking, that. Yeah, I've a, I've a, on the CBR six hundred and God, some of the times I've nearly come off just by how bad the roads are. Yeah, yeah. I just prefer to just stay in a car. Yeah, I mean, when I went to Italy to um to Magello, just the road up to the villa was like a snooker table. It was literally smooth as silk, and then you go to the UK and it's absolutely yeah. hideous. But the same reason I don't ride is because, well, mainly because of my work. But in terms of like when I was sixteen and I wanted to ride and I was like that sort of like, you know, bike mad. I want I want to ride. The same argument was from my mum was, you know, it's not you, it's the other people. So yeah. it's completely fair enough. But yeah. um yeah, no, probably probably a sensible option, I think, Josh. I'm sure if I win a championship or something, I can tell him just go and let me have let me yeah. have a or something. But no, at the moment I ain't got any plans to get a bike. Which is a bit of a shame because all my mates are getting fifty CCs and stuff, and I'm thinking I'm just walking around looking like an idiot. Yeah, but... you could, and you, you're racing in Moto Three as well. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. if you take them but... to a track, then you can show them all. I suppose. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, I mean, down the line, if if you ever want to try out a, a street bike that you like the look of, you know, whether it be a Ducati Monster or something Yamaha related or anything, you can probably just get it at a track there. So yeah, and if you wanted to try it out, yeah. so hundred percent. I mean, you've said that you um, that you want Donington back on the calendar. Do you do you go around and do any track days, public track days? Is that something you want to do? I know it's a bit of like a niche thing to ask, but 
Um, what, what, what do you mean? Like, like you know, you know, like just general track days. Do you do? I know you do like private. in the UK, You'll do like well, UK, Spain, Italy. um, in in the off season we do do track days. Like, um, I have my R six. Everyone's all the motor free riders. I think most free free motor free riders, sorry, have six hundreds to go on big circuits with because we can't we can't ride a bike. Um, I think we're not allowed to ride a three hundred also on a on a big track because it counts as like too close to our bikes and it would count as a test bit something <laughs> oh stupid. right oh, that's Um, you don't you don't think of things like that do you yeah. wow Um, and yeah, we all have six hundreds pretty much and then because when I went out to Cartagena, was it? I'm not sure. I think it was like end of February. Like all, everyone was there. Nepa was there at Cartagena. That was, and some of them were just normal track days. So I was riding on like Valencia and stuff, which I don't particularly like because we're fucking track day. Oh. <laughs> you're cool. Don't worry. It's all right. You're cool. You're cool. With um, with track day areas and that, I just I don't like riding with them because, like, when I go to car tracks as well, like people ride pit bikes, their lines are just so different, and it's just for me, it's a bit dangerous, especially when we're coming at big speed. Like, it's nothing against them at all. I just prefer to ride like on a clear track or without trying to dodge other people all the time. Is there any tracks you don't particularly like? Even some that you've done in World Championship or in Spain. Are there any tracks that you just you just do not get on with at all? Um, Kota. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I don't like that on the game. that Never one. for me. <laughs> that one was. <laughs> I could not get my head around it at all. is it? Was Is that it? was that What surface the first or sector? was? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say because I know they've had a resurfacing, haven't they, from a certain point to halfway through the first set. And obviously, last year you'd have seen that they were complaining about the bumps. Is it a surface thing? Is it a? It's definitely still very bumpy. I, I don't even want to know how bumpy it was last year. Um, first corner is just very awkward. Um, I don't mind like from turn two onwards until I'm not sure what turn it is, but the one just before the big straight. Um, I don't like the one just before the big straight, and then the fine, it, all the flow and stuff. I don't mind, but it's just like the Oh, first you you mean is awkward. the the, the actual really tight, sharp Like the, corner onto the, the straight you don't like? no, Okay. Would yeah. you um, would you? Would you like to go? I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but would you like to go to Laguna Seca? <laughs> Oh, 100%, definitely. Talk through But obviously, Definitely. when they when Is it they there? used to race there, it was only GPs, wasn't it? It wasn't Mm -hmm. Moto three and Moto two. But you know, if if you could, obviously, barring Donington, then if let's say if you could swap out a few tracks or Cota, where where would you be picking? Um, I'd definitely change Cota for Laguna or something. Just anything, really. Just not Cota. Anything. Yeah, No <laughs> anything. drag race. Mind you, no, we don't want a drag race now. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I didn't expect you to say, I thought you'd have said maybe, not for any particular reason, but I thought you'd maybe say like Indonesia, just with you saying it being completely different. I don't know if that was like, uh, you know, did, did you enjoy Indonesia? Because it's, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, when quite I said a cool different, facility. I meant like, I meant different. Like, it just wasn't. Well, I was expecting something different, but when I was there, I like for me that was one of my favorite rounds being there. Just like a lot of people, everyone's so friendly there. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of my I mean, favorite. I know you touched on the off side of the track, but I was just, just thinking, did you enjoy the actual the actual track Yeah, itself? the the actual track at um 
in Indonesia, yeah, is is really really nice. Um, weren't that great at the end of the weekend because the tarmac started ripping up, but um, the layout of the is is really is really fun. I can't remember that far back because I'm getting on now. But like, did you get a rain? The Moto GP was obviously wet through, soaking wet through. Yeah, it was dry for Moto three. Yeah, Moto three. You, you didn't catch race the rain. Did you? Race was dry. We had, a, I think, we had one or two wet sessions though, and grip was unbelievable. I was some people were getting their elbow down. <laughs> um, the second to last corner is the most dodgy thing I've ever rode in my life. Just oh. if you push like a little bit too much or go offline, um, the front's just tucking. I'm sure you saw some videos of like, yeah. like there's a video of Guevara, I think, um, of the front just folding completely. That's yeah, where Mark has had his big off, didn't he? In, yeah, in in uh, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't know how we got up from the. He yeah, got no, we we way. didn't. We all watched it live. We were actually sat. In, oh yeah, in we, here. Were. We, we, we were. We were watching Indonesia watch live that. at like three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, and that was that definitely woke us all up. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, I still to this day don't know how he even got. Or I don't, I don't think if you if you put me in his shoes, God forbid, mm. and I, I landed on that. I don't think I think I'd be doing what you've done for the first week of the summer break. Just to just, wake just up, retiring probably. Just, yeah, I, I don't think I'd actually I, touch anything. Uh, and he's back in rehab now, isn't he? He's back. He's back yeah. to it. He's he's on the uh, he's on it again. He's he's just something else. I don't. I just thought that mindset is incredible. He's just relentless. Really he is. There's nothing. He is an alien. If mm. if any, if there's any alien, it's him. Just because the injuries he's come back from. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, he's half metal. Yeah, half metal, half rubber with how much he crashes yeah. and doesn't get yeah. injured. But um, is there any tracks? I mean, you obviously, you've done some of the, the great tracks in my, what I would class as great tracks. I know you've done Hareth probably. I wouldn't like to think how many laps you've done around Hareth, but yeah. um, obviously Mugello. Have you raced at Mugello before this year? No. How the did only... you find that? Because I, I went to Mugello, so I'm just intrigued to think to find out how you found um, that. Before, before the weekend, everyone was saying to me like oh yeah Magello's a really really difficult track to learn but um well not it's easy to say because i weren't like right at the front but for me like i was expe- like expected to be like koto almost like where i couldn't gel with it at all but no Magello's like a really 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 fun track it's so flowing and it's just every like when you get like when no my lap times weren't great but like just to get a decent lap time like feeling like you're on the pace bit it's just it's just such a fun track to ride it's so flowing as well yeah, no, I mean, I can only talk from a spectator's point of view, but I've banged on about it enough to, to Josh and to everybody else that's listened to this. And like even the just the scenery around the place is absolutely unreal. Where where did you stay in Majel? I mean, I know it's sort of like you've been to God knows where for every other track and it's trying to remember yeah. that. But do you stay close to the track or are you quite um, far out? No, we was like an hour away, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I'm trying to think where exactly it was. I want to say I want to say Riccioni, but I don't think it is that. It I mean, f- it's it's cool that you, if you don't remember, but I was just yeah, yeah. I, I thought you'd have been, you know, ten fifteen minutes away. But you no, know. so it it really it really depends on what race because sometimes um sometimes we get a hotel literally two minutes away. Next race, it's an hour and twenty. But um yeah yeah, there was like an hour away then. Well, I know places like Malaysia 
I don't know if you'll be stopping in that particular hotel, but the, the airport is right next to the track, and there's a mm-hmm. there's a hotel that a lot of the riders stay in that's right next to the track. So places like that would be fine. But I know you know you'll know yourself with Magello. It is a little bit kind of in the middle of nowhere in terms of it being like an airport or like hotels aren't really like a, a big big thing where that is. So I just wondered. Yeah. I know it's a bit of a random question, but I just wondered. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, I don't know if Josh has anything else to ask. I, I know I don't want to like take up a load of your time, Josh. But no, 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 not at all. Um, anything else to um, ask, Josh? Because I've kind of gone through my. Yeah, we've gone through the list, haven't we? Apart from the weird questions, but uh, <laughs> I think that's about it. To be honest, um, covered the the main points. We've had a good chat about everything. Um, been been quite insightful. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I'm sure Bono has as well. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it's been good. Um, hopefully, we'll try and get you on maybe in the off-season or yeah. somewhere like that or on next next mid-season break, next summer break, and we can de- discuss more about you know how how the rest of this season's gone and whatnot. So that'd be really good to have you back on. Yeah, um, definitely a message. One time of the year we don't get him on is in the flyaways because I think we might see another side to Josh Watley that would not <laughs> yeah, be it's gonna be It's just going to be grunts. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's been brilliant. Uh, thank you, thank you once again, Josh, for taking time out and no, kind of being on with us. Um, really insightful. Um, yeah, and thanks and again for really... actually putting up with us in terms of scheduling because it's not all oh, been yeah. you; it's been us as well. Waiting, I've always taken very long. Cheers for waiting. Um, yeah, hopefully soon. Yeah, but um, yeah, for everyone listening, that's that's been um, that's been us. If you want to. Join the Discord that we mentioned earlier. Then you can you can find that on Twitter through the Red Sector GP podcast Twitter page or my Twitter page at GP underscore. Um, you can follow Josh at Red Sector Josh and Josh Watley. Do you want to drop any of your socials in now? Um, Instagram Josh Watley seventy. Um, Twitter the same. TikTok the same. Yeah. How are you doing TikTok? Yeah, everyone, you got TikTok. Everyone is now. Everyone's hopping um, on. Don't, don't, don't ask Bono about his story of TikTok. No dances, no dances, just but just like videos of bikes, no dancing. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe in my private bar. <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> maybe that'll be next podcast discussion. Maybe yeah, we'll yeah. find that another side to you. Oh, just... quickly as well, actually. Go on. Number 70. What was oh, yeah. the reasoning behind that? Um... My dad was born in 1970. I, my first race was coming up, and we didn't know what to do. So, <laughs> picked that really. That was a uh, that's more of the more interesting ones I've ever heard, yeah. but that's pr- still pretty cool. Yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's um, that's everything then. If if sweet, if we've uh, done all the socials and whatnot, and um, yeah, with that, keep the throttle pinned. <laughs>